Hello, Internet. I'm Matt. And I'm Shannon from Down the Webline. And you're listening to the Untold Talks of Spider-Man, where we'll be unearthing deep cuts and forgotten stories in Spider-Man lore. Our goal is to find these lost gems and share them with you as we discover what it truly means to be a Spider-Man story. All right. And this time we're continuing our bromance of two Batmans kissing with webs with maybe a better title for this sort of thing, (laughs) which is Sense and Senses. Uh, This is kind of, not really, but kind of a two-parter in Marvel team-up. So issues 117 and 118, where Spider-Man teams up with Wolverine, obviously. And then in the second part, Professor X. Uh, This was written by our pet favorite, J.M. DeMatteis. Penciled by Herb Trimpe. Inked by Mike Espedito. Uh, Wow. (laughs) No judgment. Yeah, woof. Uh, colored by Bob Sharon and lettered by Joe Rosen in 117 and then Deanna Albers in 118. So there you go. Oh, Tom DeFalco editing. I don't know that it matters. <laughs> he did the work. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And before we get too much further with this one, I just wanted to say um, on our last episode, we decided to speed things up a little bit, go a little chipmunky with it being Groundhog's Day, and people did not like it. <laughs> so lesson learned. We won't be uh, doing that again or like that necessarily again. I just, uh, I thought it sounded cool, but I was wrong. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> There we go. Two people. <laughs> yeah, the, the people who get the say before it goes out. So that would be uh, what is decided. <laughs> a little biased, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So in particular, 117, the Spider-Man Wolverine issue is about $10 to grab. And if you get it slabbed, goes for 200 something. It's a weirdly more expensive Marvel team-up issue, but otherwise... The Professor X one's back to normal. Um, These are not collected in a trade. However, they are in Marvel Tales 243 and 244 respectively. And this is not on Comixology or Marvel Unlimited. So I guess you're going to have to take our word for it, which is going to be a little harder this time because this story is all over the map. So good luck. Shannon, do you want to try to break this right, down? let's begin. So we have a mysterious figure with an inexplicable ancient Rome fixation who wants to test the resolve of the superhero community, both physically and ethically. And the two figures he chooses for his social experiments are Wolverine and Spider-Man. As you might guess, these two are put in a bizarre situation, they fight over a misunderstanding, and then they resolve their dispute and work together to fight the real bad guy. Because this is an issue of Marvel Team Up. And I wanted to note, this is their second team up, the first being the uh, Marvel team up annual uh, from long ago. And so these characters are familiar with each other, but this is their first kind of one on one meetup. So a little comic book history there. Also, this is a version of Wolverine that predates his first mini. So this takes place before the claremont frank miller wolverine as well and in some ways i think informs that many which is interesting so here we have jam dematteis kind of taking a stab at wolverine when claremont was about the only one to have really ridden him 
I mean, I know a couple other people have lay hands, but I, interesting stuff. <laughs> it is. He's like a... He's not quite the Wolverine we know yet. Like, he's still in this sort of formative period. We're starting to get those rougher edges. But he's also... Yeah, it's not quite defined yet. It's a fun read. Where do we start? Where where where, where do you think is a good place to start? Oh, Wolverine not chasing deer, calling them beauties in the forest. <laughs> yeah i this is like an old hunter's tradition that i know of where the idea is to not necessarily actually go for the kill but if you can sneak up on something like a deer you're pretty much able to move about wherever you need to to hunt so it's a good training exercise is the idea and i kind of like that idea brought forward but he talks about like the stink of civilization on him and whatnot and we're very much in the you know man is beast versus civilization mode of wolverine which is something i'm kind of glad we move past more or less yeah and the, the interesting thing here is he's obviously sneaking up on the deer and they they play it a little like what kind is he menacing is he going to kill the deer you know we, we find that he just wants to touch the deer and meanwhile he's also mm -hmm. being observed and we have this figure who we don't know who they are and you know, are they just observing or do they have some sort of menace to them that they that, that they want to hurt Wolverine? So it's sort of the same ambiguity between the two scenes, between the two figures. Right. And yeah, I mean, he's with the deer. He turns his head. Boom, there's a Roman centurion. <laughs> yeah, this starts up really quick with the Roman stuff, like ancient Rome. With the, with a rifle too, like we mi with, we're, with the rifle we're this up. and mad that Wolverine's trespassing. Yes, and then and the trespassing says positively no trespassing, <laughs> which is funny. And Wolverine then pulls a you know who who's gonna stop me? You and what army? And then boom, there's an army. Yes, and then he's like, yeah, he's ready to roll. But it's uh this sort of thing like just sort of magically all this stuff is here, all these people are here and he jumps in and it's one of those things where he's got his claws out and we all know how sharp those claws are but he doesn't seem to be killing anyone even though he's swiping at them no red panels none of that and he's kind of dispatched with haste which is kind of interesting and this whole opening to me feels very silver age like this is just comics where in between two panels anything could happen oh yeah yeah just it's very quickly done and then he's down, and then they're carrying him off like they're Ewoks on Endor. Um, right. And then we have a shadowy figure who will soon be revealed to be Professor Power, which is a first appearance of this villain, which maybe is part of the reason this, this issue is worth more, but he's not much of a character. But we also find out that he's been wrecking havoc with Captain America and the Defenders. So it may be his first appearance, but his tendrils have been felt across the Marvel Universe before. To me, this feels like such a weak way. Like if I was reading Captain America and I found out, you know, what was happening was revealed and Marvel team up with something that didn't even have a Captain America in it, that would feel like a ripoff. A little bit. I think there is sort of getting, I think, a feel for whether or not people wanted to see more of this villain. That's how it's coming off a little bit. But I don't know about the ancient Rome, but with laser guns. I don't know. It feels like this sort of character comes up every few years. Some villain obsessed with ancient Rome. And I think it's because there's occasionally like a conservative political figure that's very alexander the great focused or something and it just is this thing that keeps popping up so it keeps being relevant 
I know in the 90s when Robin was starting, there was a villain that also had this kind of a shtick going, and that came up, and then obviously like Ozymandias, and I know there's a handful of others, but I couldn't name them right now. It's just a, it's a trope that won't die. I mean, if they can make it work, make it work. This just seems a little, it doesn't quite blend. That's fair. Uh, And then we are introduced to Spider-Man, who's singing a tune while swinging from his web, and doing this whole thing i i just love sometimes i think i'd give up the whole spider-man bit for a chance to sing at carnegie hall (laughs) like okay (laughs) spider-man in this story and in the next issue is super carefree about stuff he's like yeah like he has no skin in the game he's like i'm just here living my best life (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I feel like this is almost informed by the cartoon Spider-Man at the time, which was kind of in that, you know, early, in the early cartoons where he's just a Saturday morning cartoon character and he's quipping and doing his thing and stopping the bad guys. That's all there is. That's all you need to worry about. Yep. He's just, yeah, just totally. And then he gets attacked by Centurions in what looks like Lego spaceships. Yeah, they're called flying cars. (laughs) Sure. They definitely look like Lego spaceships shooting at like it's such a bizarre setup it's just like all of a sudden they're after him no no rhyme no reason he's he's just hip to it he's like all right they're after me clearly who else could it be (laughs) yeah and then he and he just hides from them which i feel like is a standard spider-man dealing with things like if they're just looking for him and they're not out there trying to rob a bank or something he'll just go creep up under an eve and wait till they lose interest which is bizarre to me because like if they're just looking for him him how is he able to just slink away wouldn't they have something how'd they find him in the first place uh, it's too many questions too whatever. many questions yeah fair enough I, yeah <laughs> and then we uh flash literally to wolverine in the arena yeah. <laughs> with a jousting knight who's after him which i think is wrong because i don't think a knight would joust someone who isn't also on horseback with a lance Seems so a bit. the dude also the the horse and the knight are also very big next to wolverine like to scale well, yeah, wolverine's like what four foot yeah but to scale like this is kind of ridiculous and we've also like moved away from the roman we've gone medieval but the mm-hmm. aesthetic kind of remains the same it's still like cavalry and armored people with helmets with like plumes on top of their heads right they're very big on purple yeah yeah rocking it yeah i mean it's all about that and then a wolverine swinging along in the forest now well well first off we have also the fact that these guys are they robots or are they people because he's like oh. destroys the night and it's like a robot with a human face which right okay. and but he could smell them and tell like oh no that's not a real person person but <laughs> he just starts shredding through things and then we have spider-man who had managed to put a little spider tracer on one of the lego spaceships and uh is now in the forest trying to hunt down who's after him right and a castle appears yeah just a castle just a medieval castle just bursts out of the ground which i mean why not right yeah we want roman to medieval and then we're going to come back to roman again in a minute (laughs) spider-man has to like get through a series of traps in this castle and uh while he's doing that wolverine's dealing with being seduced by sexy robots in this roman bacchanal yeah which sure i but the best thing about the robots is that when he's like not on board they like shoot off their arms and heads at him yeah what this was the plan like laser beams out the eyes and then just arms coming at him (laughs) 
it's great honestly like sure he's yeah. like okay whatever i know how to deal with this just claws 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 done yeah to which spider-man's like you thrive on this stuff and then wolverine and him have their tussle which is what four panels yes they're like well i mean up until this point like wolverine's been confused about smells is it a robot is it not like an understandable i guess spider-man is like mm -hmm. uh just don't stab me thanks that's why he has to stay out of the sewer so he can have a clean nose yep, yep. and know that's what's right so then they're cool with each other and uh they have a, a choice to make coming up because a giant robot tells them so. Right. This giant sentinel-sized robot. I'm not here to discuss philosophy. My purpose is to explain the master's plan. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's, just, he's just got, he's just a host. So we have like a Dark Knight-style decision that uh, our heroes need to make where they're going to either gas a prison and kill everyone in the prison or there's a town to the north i guess that has a bunch of military people that are gonna invade and kill all the people in the town so innocent people really either way but some are prisoners some are just townsfolk and so right how do we stop but th there's spider-man and wolverine so spider-man deals with the plane that's gonna gas the prison and then wolverine stops the well, army. there's the third option, which is find Professor Power inside the castle. So what Wolverine wants to do is, hey, you go, Spider-Man, you go take care of the town and protect the people there. I'll go get Professor Power and we'll just ignore the prison issue. It, right. At which point is like, Spider-Man's like, that's not ethically cool. Like those prisoners are innocent too. Maybe not of the crimes they committed, but they don't deserve to die. So he chooses right. to go and save the prisoners, forcing Wolverine to give up vengeance for now to then go save the town. Mm-hmm. Yes, which there you go. I mean, and that's kind of the whole crux of the issue and how we're dealing with it, which is I for a little hook in a Marvel team up one like that's pretty strong. I think, even if it's incredibly forced. Yes, but uh, Wolverine uh, takes out his frustration on, I guess, a couple of these giant robots on his way out. Sure. I mean, you don't put a giant robot in front of Wolverine if you don't want it scrapped. Yeah. That's yeah. just you, you just don't do that. And we close on Professor Power displaying a feed of these two to his Roman centurion class in Power College. I guess. <laughs> it's, it's in a lecture hall, lecturing. <laughs> There's less for us to like dive into here with her thoughts and feelings, I think, because this issue is so over the map. Like, <laughs> by the time you're through with it, what else is there to think? But wow. It's uh, it's exciting a lot of exciting things happening what reason we're not yeah. sure but it's exciting yeah and then we land in our next issue which starts off with spider-man wolverine in the danger room I, is there anything here I you want to yeah just, on? wolverine's idea of relaxing after you know a hard day's work is to go in the danger room and have things try to kill him and he's under the impression that this is cool for everybody including spider-man who would have very much been happier just having some breakfast and taking a nap spider-man the everyman yes he's like I, I didn't expect to keep working today this is work <laughs> um and xavier comes and scolds wolverine about exactly that which to me this is the most proto wolverine moment because you know he's supposed to be so hard edge or whatever but wolverine how would just you know grab a yeah beer, he would he like... would just be kicking it i have to say there are a lot of panels with wolverine's face and him just like throwing out claws in front of his face it's been like four or five panels of just that 
So we move to Spider-Man having breakfast with the X-Men, which feels so... To me, that's just felt so bizarre. Like, usually Spider-Man meeting up with the X-Men is such a big deal, but here it's like, we're just doing breakfast. You know, it's cool. I feel like this is what Spider-Man would want, though. They're like, this guest, other than being thrown in the danger room, uh, he would just want to come over and have some cereal. Which, I don't know how he's eating cereal with his mask down, but... Yeah, who knows? (laughs) And, uh kitties telling spider-man about what a big fan she is and i found this wiki that broke it down um they were saying due to the sliding scale of time kitty would have been about 13 years old so she would have been following spider-man for eight years at the time of this comic being there but now that because of the sliding scale that would have been like weeks (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's just (laughs) one of those things where you have like how time moves in reality versus in the comics and you could easily have someone who would run into spider-man like i've been into your character ever since i was a little little kid and at this Mm -hmm. rate you could be like 70 years old and that would be true so but in the comics uh, (laughs) it's a little weird when you try to put it into perspective also i am trying to figure out why professor xavier is leaving with some strangers without taking some of his kids with him he does that (laughs) he professor xavier's was like weirdly mysterious and like just leaving all the time that that was very in character for him like he just took off into space for months because he thought most of the not all of the x-men are dead just most of them he just took off he's like i'm done peaced out right there (laughs) peaced out um he started the new mutants and then you know he'd leave and then eventually he supposedly died but he didn't die but he didn't make a big deal about it. he's like oh there's you know 12 children in my charge but whatever it's all you magneto <laughs> he's i he's not that great of a guy he gets talked up too much cyclops was right so... <laughs> some hot maybe lukewarm takes here <laughs> i yeah, well, I mean, this is what a few issues away from Kitty calling him a jerk. Like, I don't know. So, anyways, Spider-Man not really particularly liking hanging out at the mansion. He really just wants to go home. So, as Xavier leaves to go do some business with a historian professor <laughs> by the last name of Powers, uh, Spider-Man decides that he's just gonna go bum a lift by riding on top of the limousine that came to pick up Professor X. Which, how wouldn't Professor X know that? He he does know. He just sits there. Like, he has the most, like, hmm, face, like, most of this time. Yeah. I, yeah, he just, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. He's like, dis- it's, it's just a disappointed bizarre. dad face all the time. Spider-Man riding on our <laughs> car again. Oh, well. And Spider-Man just decides to take a nap there. Like, he's like, I'm pretty sticky. I'll just stick. And he just passes out. <laughs> and that's it. Like, he's just like, I'm just going to take a nap on top of this limo. And I think he forgets that he's on a limo and not on, like, the trailer of a big rig where he'd be hard to see. Because everyone <laughs> sees him on the road. And they're, they're just looking at him, slowing down and everything. And Professor Xavier's like, uh... I better like block this image of him on top of the limo or else the driver is going to realize that he's there. It's pretty calm. Such a bizarre. It's great though. I love it. Like he's just like, like a very carefree Spider-Man. 
Yeah, I, this sort of stuff's fun. I just can't imagine anything like this in the comic now. No, not, I, yeah. not without him just, like, doing it unwillingly. Here there's, like, this little, like, he's just gonna curl up and take a nap. Yeah, Spider-Man who wants breakfast, takes naps. This is the Spider-Man we it need. Is Someone relatable. Super relatable. So... <laughs> Anyway, they arrive at the destination, the mansion that belongs to Powers, and Spider-Man wakes up, and uh, he he's not feeling good about this place, so he starts sneaking around. There's a lot of dialogue, but we pretty much land pretty quickly with Anthony, Professor Power, saying that he knows about Professor Xavier's X-Men, which at this point is a big to-do, because they're a secret, uh, which raises the stakes. Yeah, but we get... Yeah, but we get kind of away because he knows about he wants Xavier, but before he was testing like the abilities of superheroes, and now he's kind of mm-hmm. like, I just want this one. That's all I care about. Right. Well, yeah, but we know why. It's because he wants to help his son with mind problems. I guess the PTSD induced coma from the Vietnam War. Yeah, you know, super light stuff. Yeah, you know. So we, which I, I mean, when Xavier hears that, he's totally willing to help. He is, and it's well, we've got more Spider-Man fighting things. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's totally. But even though Powers sort of couches it in, like he he hates that the conflict in Vietnam happened. What he would prefer is that through some sort of massive degree of mind control that we could just make everyone peaceful with each other. We would just get rid of conflict altogether. And mm-hmm. then that, however, when Professor Xavier can't help his son right there and then, and pretty much tells him it just it's going to take time to bring your son back, that suddenly was no longer acceptable. He needed it done now. And then the real plan is revealed. Mm-hmm. It, at which point, Spider-Man basically just shows up in a doorframe. <laughs> he does. After fighting more Roman centurions and all that, like, that's just been his whole game this t- entire time. It's just... I don't know why I'm fighting Roman Satyrians, but I'm fighting them. And then one of the goons is the Fixer, which I guess is supposed to ratchet up, but he just looks like a dude in a helmet with a gun. I don't know. It's <laughs> Yeah, they have themselves a little tussle. And meanwhile, Professor Xavier is dealing with uh, Mentallo. Mentallo. So we have Powers saying, okay, well, I'm going to transfer the power that you have, Xavier, into this Mentallo dude that's all messed mm-hmm. up, and then he is going to fix my son. So thank you very much. Yeah, um, which is kind of neat because we kind of get an Avengers mind villain fighting Professor Xavier. So this is the comic where that sort of thing will happen. Otherwise, you're not really getting that. And then we have a fun bit with the fixer where he throws the equivalent of a web cartridge at Spider-Man. Spider-Man gets all tangled up in a web, which is, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, But Spider-Man just breaks out. So (laughs) he was hurt more by the humiliation than by the web. Right. And then they just get into like a kicking fight with each other. <laughs> it is panels of like kick back forth. <laughs> yeah, not quite the most dynamic I think, of uh comic I think book my fights. favorite is just the reveal of the fixer and then Spider-Man just mm-hmm. booting him in the face. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I don't care. <laughs> you can say whoever you are, you're waiting your entire life for this moment and I really don't care. I'm just gonna kick you in the face. <laughs> 
And then the villains are dispatched. They are with and more kicking, and then but in the in the yeah. in the course of the fight between Xavier and Mentallo, and Xavier finally prevails, even though it was a very narrow margin for him. Uh, mm-hmm. The sort of mental energy from that ends up hurting Power's son and destabilizing him further than where he was at. So now he's tormented rather than just asleep. And so mm-hmm. Powers is immediately just torn apart from this and loses all his energy about caring about what's going on with the world or anything. His son is broken. Yeah, ends on a downer. Well, it kind of ends with uh, Xavier putting up this mental field of like, everything's cool in here. Cops who just showed up through the door. It's it's all fine. And uh, yeah, what's their response time? Like two major superhero fights happen. And like now they're yeah, they're up? they're like, we're here. And uh, they're like, OK, sorry to have troubled you. And then Spider-Man's like, uh, don't mention it, guys. Just please don't mention it. I guess they know Spider-Man's white. <laughs> so that was yeah, pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So what do you make of all this? <laughs> well, I found it interesting, like the, the sort of the takeaway is that there there's a lot of altruism here, but just sort of masking sort of uh, a thirst for like some sort of vendetta. So Wolverine really, really wanting to get to powers and willing to sacrifice an entire prison full of people if it meant getting the guy, you know, and then you have powers here willing to sacrifice people's ability to make their own decisions uh, in the second issue. But really all he wants to do is protect his son so you have these sort of big ideas about you know who deserves to be protected but really they're not based on so philosophies are based on like what they personally want and then you have spider-man here who is just like i don't know bad guy i take care of it i don't care who it is like you know and his sort of affability about it all and whether or not like for me it seems like he's like a visitor in these spaces so it doesn't he doesn't have any skin in the game so he doesn't he's like i don't care that guy i don't have any sort of vengeance need for this so i'm gonna do what's right and whether that makes it easier for him here yeah, I, that's a really good way of putting it. He doesn't, he's kind of a visitor in these words, which is funny because he's supposed to be the main selling character, but he, I guess part of this is to punch him into places of the Marvel Universe he wouldn't normally go. What's even funnier to that is he, he's with Xavier, but Xavier's out of his element as well. So this is a really wackadoo story. It is. It is. Like both sides. I think the hardest thing was Powers and his sort of, like he will fit the narrative of whatever, but like his consistency as a character overall was a bit spotty. Right. Because it's two issues back to back and the motivations are completely different. And the, yeah, the motivation from what they were dealing with with Wolverine wasn't even commented here. Oh, yeah. The testing, the experiments that was completely dropped um it was like i just want professor xavier which is not mentioned he's not mentioned at all in the first issue so it's like his yeah his consistency was very inconsistent cool so after such a sterling you know review let's see we got what do we got we got 76 entries on the web of rankings but one of the more, I guess, equivalent issues would be the fatal attraction of the Black Widow, which was a Marvel team-up issue with the Black Widow, and that's at 70. Ooh. And I feel like this is kind of playing in that arena. Like, 
there's a couple interesting points, but ultimately not much of a winner here. Not much to push people to visit for. Would you kind of agree with that? I'm assuming you haven't read. I'm assuming you haven't read every Marvel team up because that's That's a uh, lot of team ups. Not something. Yeah, that's not something anyone really wants to do. I think there was some ethical stuff in here. I don't know if I would place it in the 70s. Uh, okay. I would definitely, I would say 55 or higher. 55 or higher. Okay, 55 is the final adventure with the big web monster. Um, <laughs> and then, I don't know, you could talk me to about anything in this area because I don't have a lot of strong feelings for any of them. I would put it before Grim Hunt. How about that? Put it before Grim Hunt. So like at make it 57. Yeah, that's fine. All right. You just don't like Grim Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, I think they're interchangeable. I would put it just a little bit before, just for for some more fun things in here that I enjoyed. Sense and Senses is our new 58 out of 77, so higher than I would have thought. And next time, we'll be covering something from the Todd Father himself, mm-hmm. Spider-Man issues 8 through 12. It's a it's another town in crisis, but the I don't know. It's a little more of a clear story. I think we'll get a little more out of it. Fewer, fewer Roman centurions. <laughs> fewer by half, at least. Robots that don't shoot off their arms at people. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy townspeople. It was the '90s. Anything could happen. That's true. The '90s was definitely defined by anything could happen. <laughs> so thank you for listening if you're enjoying untold if you're enjoying the amazing spider tech you can throw money at that patreon there are links in the description we want to give a special thanks to the ellie badge for providing our theme song and until i throw my head and arms off at shannon make mine untold (laughs) you do too much you're not superman you know